This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Live from ClickOrlando.com, this is News 6 at 5.30. This is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. I really think this week's show, Matt, is going to knock everyone's socks off. If you wear socks, I don't know. It's Florida. It's warm. I'm Ginger Gadsden. I always wear socks with my Crocs, baby. I'm Matt Austin. Glad to have you with us on Florida's <laughs> Fourth Estate. Yeah, we've got a great show. Before we introduce you to a genius 16-year-old who's going to make you feel bad about yourself and your children, we are going to talk about <laughs> the headlines uh, that really caught our attention recently mm-hmm. in Florida. One of them ginger was interesting to me because some folks who live around lakes or are visiting lakes are starting to see signs warning about algae blooms mm-hmm. and they're doing that because according to scientists the hurricanes that we had ian and nicole brought so much water and so much flooding that it's causing these algae blooms to probably be worse this year than years in the past. If you're wondering how these things take place, well, a lot of time it has to do with the fertilizer that people put on their lawns and businesses use. And normally if it's a dry year in the spring, that fertilizer doesn't move around too much. But when we have these huge hurricanes that came through and brought so much water, all that water washed that fertilizer into the lakes, and we're probably going to have a bigger issue with algae blooms this time of year. And one of the reasons we're telling you this is if you go out to visit the lakes, specifically one of the lakes that's been talking about it a lot is the Winter Park chain of lakes. I mean, there are five, $10 million houses here, and it's been closed down to people from the outside. But if you take your dog around a lake or a pond, you know, if they get involved in that water, if they drink it or they get it on their fur and they, you know, lick it off, they can get extremely sick, Gigi. And it can be a little scary. It can be frightening for animals and for people. And the thing is, everyone is coming here this time of year because spring break is about to begin. And then, of course, summer, everyone wants to go and they want to hang out and they want to be in the beautiful lakes and at the beach, of course. And it is just something that is Oh, it's a, a nasty situation if you've ever been out there to see it or smell it. It is it is horrific, and it really does tarnish our beautiful waterways. It's yeah, just a really sad situation. It's true, and I, as a Floridian, have always dreamed of having a beautiful house on the lake in Florida. I'm talking mossy trees and you know, going out in a kayak, doing a little fishing in the morning. <laughs> so if you're one of these people who saved your whole life to live on one of these lakes and you go out there and it's a little stinky or it's got that that funky fizziness yeah. on top of it. It can really ruin the whole feng shui of living on the lake. <laughs> feng shui. Okay. That's a good way to put it. It's. <laughs> I'm going to remember that my lake feng shui. I, I, Your feng, feng shui is feng shui. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Okay. Moving on to the next headline. Something else that we normally find in any body of water here, if you live in Florida, you know, 
if you live near a body of water, if you see a body of water, there's likely an alligator in there. I check my bathtub before I get in. That's how serious it is here in Florida. You got to check the toilet. You live in Florida, you better check that toilet. You better check everything. Okay, so this story comes out of Daytona Beach. This guy, he, he hears a knock at his door and he thinks it's his son like trying to sneak someone into their house or something. He hears like this kind of rumbling outside the door. So he's thinking he's going to catch his 17-year-old son sneaking a friend upstairs. And it's almost 10 o'clock at night. He opens his door and chomp. It's like, <laughs> first the guy thinks it's a dog. Because something has bitten him. They always think a gator's a dog at night for some. Because you wouldn't expect it to be an alligator. But I mean, okay. But when you feel that scaly, tough, leathery exterior, all you're feeling is teeth. <laughs> I guarantee you. And I was surprised looking at the picture, Gigi. I thought it was going to be yeah. on his ankle or something. It's full no. knee. That gator made it up a couple of feet. Which is probably why he probably thought it was a dog. This guy lived in the Champions, uh, on Champions Drive. And so, and I'm sure there's water not far from it, but it's just a cautionary tale to always look through your peephole. That's not going to do it because the gator's not going to be that <laughs> I was going to say, that's terrible advice. <laughs> you think the gator's going to be like, hey, I'm here. Uh, like, <laughs> What's happening? Let me in. <laughs> look through no, your people. Look through the people, and then if you don't see anything, you know that something is going on. That's my point. If you don't see some other person looking at you like, hey, it's Bubba, let me in, then you know there's something low. And what could be low in Florida near some water? You know, it's a gator. So anyway, the poor guy was bitten on, you know, on his leg. He's fine, thank goodness. The gator is not, because clearly it was not afraid of people. And if it's, uh, you know, on your doorstep at that time of night, it is looking for something. And so they euthanized it, which is always a sad ending to those stories. But sometimes they call FWC out, they trap them and they send them somewhere else. But this didn't happen this time. Yeah, you can't have a gator out there on people's porches that just snaps no. onto people. They, they <laughs> euthanize that one. And here's a little clip of the guy who got bitten by the gator. Take a listen. Got my leg clamped on and started shaking really violently. I'm impressed this guy is a good sport, bit onto his leg, started shaking. I like that he just assumed his son was sneaking out. That was you know, that was what he thought was going on. He's like, oh, Not my a kid's sneaking Not out of the teenager. house. Yeah. He's on top of that kid. That's very good. <laughs> uh, another one that's sneaky, a sneaky owl. Okay, so this little nine-inch tall a burrow owl, about this tall, hopped onto a cruise ship, and people were out at sea, right? For 10 days, two-week cruise here, and they start seeing this owl hanging onto the rails, on the exit signs, and this little owl was flying around the ship for the entire journey. I think this is the most brilliant owl I've ever heard of because it got onto the cruise ship and it made its way around. Now, it never got off. You would think maybe it got to the Caribbean and this owl hopped off. And No, no. the owl just hung on, hung out to the ship, the whole time and uh when it got back to port in florida that's when fwc had to go and try to corral this adorable little owl unfortunately they were able to catch it they were struggling at first with just the nets and then they used some 
really loud noises to distract the owl while one crew distracted it with noise. Another one snuck up and was able to safely get it in the net. But the cute little owl, which is a threatened species, is now safe and sound. You would not think it would take that much effort to capture this little owl, but it did. But it had a plan. It went on vacation. It stayed with, you know, normally it would just fly off and then probably like just die at sea because it can't fly that far. But this thing for the whole two weeks, it was just probably doing the buffets. I mean, I I don't know. It's just had a plan and it's now it's now back in Florida. I see why they didn't want to leave it out there or want to take it out with it again. I wanted it to become the ship's mascot, but that's not going to happen because yeah. they don't want it to go somewhere. It the, doesn't belong. The last time I was on a cruise ship at the end of the cruise, somebody had to distract me with noises and net me to get me off. And it hurt because I was sunburnt and a little chunky from all those buffets. You deserved to be netted. You're, you're ridiculous. Okay, moving on to our next story. This is headline is probably one of my uh, favorite ones from the week. Imagine, Matt, you are part of a team. You practice, you rehearse, you do everything you're supposed to do, and you're like, go team. You get to the competition, no team. It's just you. Well, it happened to an eight-year-old Pasco County girl. Her name is Peyton Thorsby. She's a cheerleader, and her squad did not show up at this competition. Uh, They were supposed to be there at 6 o'clock in the morning and line up and and do their thing. And little Peyton is the only one there, and her coach is like, well, we're going to have to uh, forfeit the game or forfeit this uh, championship game. Peyton is like, not on my watch. That girl went out and she did her thing. And guess what happened, Matt? I don't have to guess. I know the story. You go ahead. (laughs) I was trying to help you. Uh, (laughs) You want me to make me look smart? She won. She won won the whole contest is what I think happened. She came in first place all by her lonesome. She did the entire routine. She improvised, blew the coaches away. I just think that her get up and go i I don't her guts to do something like that at eight years old she does and we actually had a chance to talk to her uh earlier this week let's listen in the entire state of florida i don't know if you know this but people were watching you in awe and cheering you on how are you feeling about all of this i feel really really happy excited So what an amazing child she decided (laughs) she was going to go after it. And this wasn't like a performance where it was normal for you to, you could just do it yourself. She had to adjust. Her teammates were supposed to be there. They worked together. So kudos to her going out there and winning. And one thing that's a theme on today's show is amazing young people coming up after the break right here on Florida's fourth estate. We're going to introduce you to a 16 year old who really could change the world one day. She's a Floridian, and you're going to meet her in just a minute. What were you doing when you were 16 years old? I personally had just learned how to tie my shoes and was super proud. 
We have a 16-year-old who is about to make you and your oh children God. probably feel bad about themselves, uh, but only because of the amazing things she is doing. And uh, I'm excited to introduce you to her today. I'm Matt Austin. And I'm Ginger Gadsden, but you're not going to care about us in about five seconds because we're going <laughs> to introduce you to Tiffany Gay. She is a sophomore, 16 years old, at the Orlando Science School. You are one of those rare uh, individuals where you're doing something locally that will have a global impact. And I don't mean that lightly because you have something on the table right now that could possibly help 2.2 billion visually impaired people. Tiffany, we're so happy to have you here. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity. Yes. I'm so grateful to be here and I'm humbled by the opportunity to present my project on this large of a scale. But what I developed was a LiDAR navigational system to help people who are visually impaired. And this idea stemmed from experience with a family friend who had a visual impairment, and I watched as her vision degenerated over time. And I wanted to develop a device that was able to help people with visual impairments adapt to their environment through a way that was really comfortable to me, which is through electronics. And I've had a lot of experience developing products like this in the past, and so this is one of the many products I've developed. Okay, wow. Yeah, we have to, okay, so if we could take the shot of what we're looking at here, because yeah. this is, okay, so these are the many iterations that has taken to get to what is probably not even the final one, I would imagine. Yeah. But So the two, the two most recent ones are these yes. right here. And can I pick it up? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to break, break it. it but watch me break it. I know. So you basically. So tell us how this works. You put this around your head, yes. right? If you're visually impaired, and then it's got little sensors and lidar mm -hmm. all around it. If you look, you can see this, and it basically senses when something is close by. Explain it better than I can. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> there are multiple different lidar sensors around the brim of the device, and what that's going to do is topographically map the user's environment. So it's understanding it through electronics, right? Mm -hmm. Th those sensors are kind of replicating human vision. And then how is that information going to be relayed to someone who's visually impaired, right? You can't use lights. You can't use something right. that they can see. So I decided to use what's called haptic feedback. So how, are you guys familiar? Like, so like vibration, phones, vibration, right? yeah. exactly yeah. like what's on your phone. Yeah. So whenever you're texting someone and you feel those types of the tactical <laughs> feedback on yeah. your finger, that's a haptic vibration. So I have that haptic all around the brim of the device. So um, if, if someone's getting close to an obstacle, it'll start to vibrate in that region of their head. So, oh my God. so it tells you which side it is, and it, does it vibrate harder if you're yes. really close, close to it? Okay. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's so smart. <laughs> Why didn't we think of that? Oh, oh, I oh yeah, know. she's a lot smarter. Than that. Okay. And so I've only heard of LiDAR used in like vehicles because it determines the distance you are and helps you brake for cars, right? Yes. Is that basically the same thing where you're like near an object and it tells you, okay, slow down, you're too close or whatever? Is yes. that that's how it Very works, right? Similar. When do you think people who are visually impaired will be able to order one of these? on Amazon or get it from their doctor <laughs> and be able to walk around and, the city. And get rid of a white cane yeah. because that's one of the things that, you know, it's a it's a stigma for people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I actually am currently working on the patenting process with my device. So I'm, I actually, we just got a lawyer. So we're working on the patenting process, process which is a very long, extensive process and I need to do a lot of testing with this device before it's available commercially. Mm -hmm. I also want to decrease the price because right now it's an estimated $200, but that's really good for medical assistance devices. I was say. Yes, wow. that's really good for this field, uh, for this industry. 
but I just want it to be more accessible to mm. more people. Yeah. So decreasing the price is uh. a significant change I want to make. I am so... I, Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> no, right. no, because, okay, I have a niece who is visually impaired, and you didn't know that, and I didn't know what you did until all of this started transforming. And so, um, you know, and she has a hard time sometimes, and kids aren't really nice to her. Um, but just seeing what you're doing for other people and not even for yourself, like you have good vision, right? But you want to help other people who do not, and you will change lives with something like this. And just hearing that, the the non-arrogance and just like well this is just what i want to do i appreciate that and i know that people all over the world will get to experience this and appreciate that as well are you even aware of the impact that you are having on on people just like me (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for that um it's it's humbling the Mm -hmm. the amount of the amount of response I've gotten from this device. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't even realize it. Sometimes my mom is like, wow, you're, you're, you're really doing something. Yeah. And so something that really made me realize that really recently was my mom had sent me a photo from the, the district fair. And the district coordinator had called over the, the intercom saying, oh, Tiffany won the Taiwan International Science Fair, which I got so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but following that, so many students, so many parents, so many teachers, so many mentors, so many engineers, highly experienced people in the field surrounded my projects. And it, it was, and I didn't realize it at the time, but mm-hmm. whenever my mom showed me a photo, yeah. it looked like everyone was looking at my project. And I realized the impact that this has, not just on the visually impaired community, but on other students as well, in terms of motivating them to get into STEM, get into science, yeah. get into research. I'm also pretty interested in medicine and like chemistry. I really like chemistry, which is slightly a contrast. I want to go into a biomedical engineering field. So I want to work in creating biomedical assistive devices, things like these to help people who are not just visually impaired, but people who have any form of, you know, disorder or disease. You are such an incredible young lady. What a bright light you are in this world, and we need way more people like you. I was sent a video of you in preparation for this. You're just so charismatic. I have to give credit to my mom for that. She's always pushed me um, in a supportive way. She's never been super mean to me or anything. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, she's always pushed me into public speaking, and I've grown a lot of confidence from her as well. Mm. So I have to give credit to my parents, both of them, yeah. for always pushing me to try my best in every single thing I do, put my best foot forward in every single thing I do, so. What okay. Did, what did the, okay, so your mom is actually in this room right now. Yeah. Uh, she's she's yeah. watching our every amazing. move, and amazing. she is yeah. the most proud parent I think I've ever seen. She whipped these out. I mean, they were all packaged. I'm asking and, her to take me in. <laughs> right, I know. So what, what do you think your parents have done to foster this? Like, obviously, they did some things differently than say the rest of us parents are doing so give give us some parenting tips since i was younger they've always just been so passionate about education and at a young age i learned that education is very vital if you want to be successful right Mm -hmm. and even whenever i was six years old she was always whenever we were on drives my dad would just be like red car red car and i and i would learn about my environment through them and one time I was in daycare, I was three years old, and I was just tired of watching Dora the Explorer. So my, so then my mom called a preparatory school, which 
was like crazy to me at the time. I'd never gone there. And at three years old, I started kindergarten. So I was starting school extremely early and I was able to get experience to education at a really young age through my parents and they've always just been so passionate about education. Tiffany Gate has been just amazing Very to, nice meet to meet you. Nice to meet you all as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go do some Mensa or something. You, no, you have to be I invited. I am a Mensa go, member, You actually. have to be invited. Get out. Just, get out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tiffany. <laughs> of course she's a Mensa member. This is Florida. You think you could just join? <laughs> I'm Ginger Gadsden, not a Mensa member. <laughs> and I'm not Austin, Matt. never a Mensa member. <laughs> we'll never been confused time. for that. <laughs> and thank you for watching Florida's Fourth Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6 Plus.